Okay, we are in Sefer Yechezkel, Peret Membez, Pasuk Aleph, Vayotzieni El Hachatzer Hachitzona Haderah, and you will recall if I may make a personal apology that yesterday we announced that we were doing Perik Membez and then proceeded to do the correct Perik Mem Aleph. But many were following in Membez and it led to confusion and disorientation for which I apologize. However, not that I am justifying my error of confusion, but I would point out to you that in these prokhims, I am not alone in my confusion and disorientation. Let me read to you Rashi from today's parak, Membez, in Pasuk Gimel, and I quote, Rashi says, Eni mevin surasa. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know the form of it. Lo yodati lahavin bein ba'ani lo hayisi. Um, I don't know the binyan. I don't know what he's saying in terms of the binyan. And anilo li rav o ozer. I didn't have a rebbe. I didn't have someone to teach me these things. So I am totally lost. I'll call a binyan hazeh with relation to this whole building. Ella kol shera'eli b'shamayim. The only thing I know and this is just as confusing as what preceded it, only what the Shemayim has shown me. What does that mean? But in any case, we see that the confusion is very widespread in these prokim. It's just not understood what the Navi is saying. So now, let us set the stage for what is Membez. And we saw, let's just recap, that Yechezkel gets an instruction. It is in the 20th year since the destruction of the Bias Rishon. They are in Bavel. He gets an instruction, which means there are 50 years to go, really, till the Jews are released from Bavel to build Bayashani. And the Kodesh Baruch Hu tells him, I want you, I'm going to transport you, to Yerushalayim, Har Maria, and you are going to see the third base Hamikdash. And we discussed why skipping over Bayashani was skipping over because, quite frankly and sadly, the Kaddish Baruch Udin B'nai Israel was not at that time worthy of uh, the Bayashani. What he wanted was a bias that would be permanent, that he would have his Shina dwelling therein, never to depart. And unfortunately, B'nai Yisrael, as it existed in Babel, was just not ready for it. Um, they were very lackadaisical in certain mitzvahs. They were very non-repentant. They were very uneager to go on this adventure of building the Bayashani. We saw that the first wave, 70 people responded. So the Kaddish Baruch Hu decided to defer it 
to buy a shlishi. And his instructions were to Yechezkel, I am sending you there. I want you to take what is going to be a virtual tour of the Bayez Shlishi. You ought to report back to B'nai Yisrael what you've seen because they are in a bad state emotionally. Uh, they are a little uh, forlorn and lost and despairing. This will give them some hope and nechama. Report back to them. Put this in writing as we're going to see later. He has to reduce this to a writing. And so he is transported. He doesn't go to Yerushalayim. Through the vision, he is carried to Yerushalayim. We saw that he did this once before, but at this time it was a very tragic thing where he witnessed the withdrawal of the Shrina. We saw yesterday when he looks into the Kodshe Kedoshim, he is spellbound by light and flashes of, of, of lightning and he realizes this is the Kaddish Baruch Hu already there in the Kaddishay Kaddashim. The Shekhinah has returned. That 11 years after he saw it depart, he now sees it in this vision returning. And so we continue with the uh, differences, etc., and some of the similarities in the Beis HaMikdash. We also covered, and we should repeat it, there's a very fundamental machlokes, whether this bias shlishi is going to happen. Um, Rashi and Toslo says, no, we have a tradition that the bias shlishi will descend from Shemayim. It will come down totally built, totally intact. The Rambam says, no. It's going to be built by the Melech HaMashiach, in short, built by man, and that therefore uh, it is real. So you are left with that machokas with no clear resolution. So we saw yesterday, uh, we re- the uh, Yechezkel is met by a very uh, esoteric stranger, who is of course a Malach, who takes him on this virtual tour of the Beis HaMikdash coming from the east, going in and goes all the way through the Azara, the Ulam, the Heichal, and the Kadshei Kedashim. Let me ask you a question. All you want. <coughs> so if, if he's seeing by Shlishi, wouldn't it be, at least wouldn't you expect it to be completely shocking to him because you know, it's not, it's not built yet, it's not here yet. Right. It's going to be much different than the structures that were built reshowing and, and shaming. Exactly correct. So, do we get a sense that he's seeing something that he's never seen before? Oh, yes. I mean, the sheer magnitude of the building. We said if you take those cubic feet as realistic, is nine million five hundred thousand feet. The base Hamikdash of Rishon was something like two hundred and fifty thousand. Just the enormity of the size shows it's something different, and the grandeur of the the um, construction as we're going to see now. So we're going into the Azorah, and basically what the Azorah has is four lishkaos, chambers. 
In the first base Hamikdash, these chambers were in the Ezra's Hanashim, uh, the women's section, and had very limited utility. Here, they have an imbued sense of Kedusha, which we're going to see, and why. And it is a very totally different thing because they are in the Azara surrounding the Mizbeach. So, let's start. I'm now transported to the outer chamber, coming from the north. He takes me to this chamber, it is against the Binyan itself, the temple itself, on the north. In other words, we're going to see there are four corners of the Azara. Each one has a chamber of its own. Uh, we're assuming, he only discusses two, but we're assuming there are four on each corner. Uh, and so after giving the measurements, we learn each chamber is gigantic, has three floors. Each chamber has a pillar. Rashi, by the way, does not understand the function of the pillar. It doesn't support it, but there is a pillar before each one. They surround the Mizbeach. So now let's go to Pasuk Yud Gimel to see what is the function of these chambers. Why are they considered to have Kedusha? And what is its purpose? By Yomarei Lishkos Hatsafon, Lishkos Hadarom, the north and south, Asher Alpeneha Gizra, which is against the Binyan, Hina Lishkos Hakodesh. They are sanctified. We said the first Lishkos in the base Hamikdash and Baisarishon really didn't have that function. They were almost storerooms. They were in the Ezra Sanashim. Asher Yochun Sham HaKohanim. It is purpose is that the Kohanim eat there, Asher Krobin Lashem, who are close to Kodesh Baruch Hu, the Kohanim, Kodshei HaKadoshim. They are to eat the parts of the Korbanos that are reserved to the Kohanim. Strictly speaking, the Korban, each Korban has a part that belongs to the Kohen, that is given to the Kohen for him to consume. The Kohen does the Achila, the Baal, the one who brings the Korban, gets the Kapara. Here, it's not clear where does the Baal Korban eat. Does he get a place in those chambers? Sham Yanihu Kodshe Kodashim. Moreover, there he can leave these Kodshe Kodashim. And what are these? It leaves them by means when he goes out to wash, he goes out to do an avoda. He's allowed to store them there because they have complete kedusha. Um, moreover, what kind of karbanos are they? Sham yanichu kachay kedushim, the mincha, the chatas, the asham, the guilt offering, ki hamakom kadosh. That are the parts. We know that the Kohen gets uh, the thigh bone, uh, the breastbone of each carbon, and it is given to him to eat, and that's where he keeps it to eat in those lishkos. 
Uh, so it's the meal offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering. Note, as the Mephorshim do, this does not include or mention the carbon ola. That is a carbon that is totally consumed by fire, and it makes logical sense if you think about it, because it goes up in flames. There's nothing left to eat. So there the Kohanim are left to eat in Kedusha. We're not clear from here. Does the Balha Korban, who eats part of it as well, to get his Kapara, is he allowed in these chambers? Also, we mentioned, we know there are four chambers. We only discuss two. Now, we have the rule in Pasuk Yudali, the Kohen, after he's finished eating, he may not leave that special chamber and go out to the Chatzir HaChitzono. That is where the people are assembled. Vishon, what he has to do first is take off his begodim, the begodim which he served the uh, Karbanos, they are Kadosh. He must leave them there before he goes out to speak or see the people. He wears other garments, other garments that are his ordinary street clothes. There's no Kedusha to those garments. And now he comes and he mingles with all the nation. So we see these Lishkos had a very special function. They did not have it in the first temple. They have uh, bestowed upon them an intense Kedusha. They are eating the Kodshe Kedushin there, and they must eat it in sanctity. And we see as well the Begodim are going to be in sanctity. And now we are going to come to the part of the Kohuna where Yechezkel has another vision. And the vision is much like the Maseh HaMerkava, the chariot in the base Hamikdash on that virtual tour. And it is extraordinary because as we've said, Yechezkel suddenly realizes and sees that the Kaddish Baruch Hu's physical presence is already in this metaphysical Beis Hamikdash that is, exists only in his vision and that he sees the return and that this will usher in the, the Biascoil Tzedek, the Moshiach, and this will be the everlasting, eternal Beis Hamikdash. The spirit of the Kaddish Baruch Hu will never depart from this. And so in Mirz Hashem, 8.45 a.m. Monday, we go back to narrative for a while. Don't miss it. Ad Khan, a good Shabbos to all.